Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. You know them, you love them. How many times have I said that in an intro? You've said it about 30 times. Yeah. Maybe you don't love them. I I don't right now. Anyways, I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Decker. Hey, Andrew. How are you doing, man? I'm all right. It's... We were just talking about that that, uh, our schedules are thrown off still because of COVID. Like when we normally would be going into courts, we're not. When we normally be meeting with clients in person, we're not. Yeah. And so it's produced a little bit of, well, lackadaisical attitude. Yeah. I I mean, I'm being a little facetious. I'm actually doing pretty great. But it it is something to get used to still, you know, um, what, almost a year later, we originally thought this was just going to be pushed off for two weeks um, back in March when all this went down. And yeah, now, and, and did you see that on the 14th of January, they, the Supreme Court came out with a new uh, executive ruling that uh, we've been pushed off to at least April 1st for in-person uh, jury trials? In, in, any or in-person, in-person non-essential. Well, uh, you and I had, had court scheduled, I think, yesterday in one of our counties, and lo and behold, it like was the day, canceled. The day, the day before, right? Yeah. It was, it was I actually, canceled sh- I actually showed up to that So court. did I. Yeah. But not at the same time. I didn't see you in person. Well, you know, I'm, I'm always a little bit late. All right. Yeah. Cool. No, but I think yours was in the afternoon. I was actually in the morning. Yeah, that's true. It was different And I times. was not late to that one. But we're kind of just stalling a little we bit, We are stalling. You know, our topic today, I think, is is going to be good for some of those like new attorneys, like maybe maybe just opening their own firm, throwing out their own shingle. Um, but it's we're talking today about court appointments. Exactly. So, what like you know, I guess what are we what are we going to be talking like? Why are we talking about court appointments? Well, court appointments. Uh, some of the recent data says that a felonies somewhere between 70 and 80%, depending on the county of felonies actually receive court appointments. Um, you know, so, so it is a, it's the yeoman's work. It is, it is what we, what is out there. Um, and for some of our colleagues, it's not, even though you don't get paid as much on a court appointment it is the primary source of their income. Um, uh, and you and I both take court appointments. Um, yep. I take them in two counties. Yep. I'm in one. Right. Um, and we'll see, maybe that'll expand this year. My, so my initially when I first started, Andrew, I don't know if you were the same way. I, I wanted to be on as many court appointment lists as possible. Right. Cause I didn't have any retained cases. I was scared to death. So I, I only, I only was on a very limited and we're talking about criminal defense appointments. Right. right. So that's a good point. I mean, like the court can appoint an attorney on any number of cases, right? Right. Basically anything in which your land uh, could be seized, your children could be taken away, or um, your, um, your personal liberties could be impaired, right? Okay. Those are basically the guidelines for when a court appointment is going to be necessary. So, I mean, I guess like the land, what would that be like a tax sale? A, a tax ad litem, right? Okay. So, so if, if a tax case, if the county decides you haven't paid enough property tax over the last 10 years and they decide to seize your property, you will be point you or your heirs or the collection of heirs will be appointed an attorney to represent you to make sure that your land is not being taken without due process. All right. And I guess when you're, so we're talking CPS, when your children are involved. Right. So like, 
who would get an attorney in that is just me. If I have children that are in, you know, CPS now involved, like I get an attorney, right? Right. So, so you don't have kids, so you wouldn't get an attorney, but, but if you had kids and you were in a CPS case, uh, the parents can, because you have a con the Supreme court's decided you have a constitutional right to parent. Um, and, uh, obviously if you can't see your children, your minor children, that is inhibiting your liberties as a person. So you're entitled uh, to a court-appointed attorney as a, the parent. Also, the minor is appointed an attorney to represent them in court because they can't speak for themselves in court, so they're appointed an ad litem uh, attorney to represent their best interests uh, before the court. Yeah, and each of these, you know, it's important, I think, to note. How the heck do I remember all that stuff? Roles. Well, I mean, you've done it for a while now. Right. Right. Well, you no longer do the tax stuff. I don't do the tax or the guardianships, but but I did them both for a while. Yes. Right. At one point in time, you were doing it all, right? Yes. Yeah. I was doing that in misdemeanor uh, court appointments. That was it. Right. Yeah. Um, And because I, because of my history as a, as a prosecutor, I started out with enough trial experience to get on the misdemeanor wheel, which we'll come to in a little bit. Some of these requirements to become and a, a court appointed attorney on misdemeanor cases and felony cases and stuff. Um, but it's important to note, like if you are appointed as an attorney for, to represent children, that's a very different role than if you're appointed to represent the parents on a CPS case. And, and, and that's very different than if you're appointed as the property owner's apparent, uh, uh, right. attorney in a tax case. Yeah. So right. we're not talking about any of that. We're just going to keep this conversation to criminal stuff, but, but know that if you're new and you're looking for some work and in some, some of the smaller counties where the probate, the guardianship, the CPS, uh, the tax stuff is all done in, in front of maybe the county judge or the county court at law judge um, and maybe a district judge, it is a great way to have some eyes be set upon you as a young attorney or, or maybe not young, but as, as, a, as a new attorney. Uh, or opening a practice in a certain area where you wouldn't be getting in the courtroom at all prior to that. Right. And then second, if you're going to do that, this is highly recommended um, uh, before you ask for that appointment, especially in a small county, go sit in docket and watch from the back. Uh, I literally did that before I asked for an appointment and the judge saw me sitting back there. I was in a, you know, suit and bow tie, obviously, because that's what I'm always in when I'm in court. Yeah. And the judge called me up and said, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I'm Andrew Decker. I'm, I'm opening up my own office and I plan on a point applying for the wheel. I just wanted to see how you ran your docket. And literally by the end of the day, I had my first appointment. Yeah. I wouldn't have been nearly that fast if I hadn't sat for that, that two or three hours. What else was I doing? Well, the judge was just relieved that you're not like as creepy as, you know, you just sitting there staring at him from the back of the courtroom. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you're somewhat normal when creepy. talking, when talking <laughs> to you. So I am somewhat creepy. But. <laughs> um, yeah. There's also what, uh, did you do the mental health, uh, any of the mental health guardianships? I did not. No, but that's another area that if you're, if you're just looking to like make some money, keep the lights on, you know, talk to your county judge, talk to your, you know, district court judges or whoever and uh and see what what availability and there I was is for appointments to do cps cases yeah and, and and thankfully my business was growing at that point enough that i, I literally looked was able to look at the judge and go 
No, Judge. In fact, I'm cutting off some of these other things too because my my criminal defense work is growing enough that I just don't think that's going to be necessary. Well, that's the goal, right? I mean, because I I started out doing some CPS work as well and had to had to kind of um, stop taking those appointments uh, because my criminal defense work was was growing. I just didn't have the time or energy to put forth towards that. And you know, I love criminal law. I don't love CPS cases at all. So, um, so right. I think that's, that's just a natural thing. And I mean, yeah, we've known attorneys, you know, for a former guest, Raul has been practicing for a long time. He still takes court appointments on CPS cases. Right. And, and, you know, in my, in the Fort Worth office where we're actually sitting today, uh, there are a couple of guys here. The only appointments they take are capital murder cases. Yeah. Right? And that's a whole, we will not be talking about, we will not be talking, we will not be talking about that, but, but, these these people only take retained cases unless a judge picks up the phone. And you can imagine if you get a phone call, and I've seen these, where where the assistant walks in and goes, um, blank, blank judge is on the phone. And they get into the phone, they're like, yeah, okay, it's in Denton. Okay, all right. And when was, and you find out they just, they literally found out they'd just been appointed to a capital murder case yeah. in Denton County, right? Yeah, and that and that, that is that's that that that's high level. These 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 are these are guys who've been around for a long time. There's you know there's events and CLEs named after them. I mean, <laughs> right. it's, it's, yeah, these are these are um, well known. The creme de la creme. So, uh, and the reason we're not going to talk specifically about those is there's a region that controls who can get capital murder appointments. There, so if you are interested in that, uh, want to work towards that, or maybe you already qualify and just need to just a simple Google search, talk to your local judge. They'll be able to point you in the right direction. Right. Um, yeah, we're not talking about that. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of new maybe to criminal law. I want to I get some misdemeanor appointments. Um, and I want to grow my experience and, and grow my uh, footprint a little bit. Yeah, maybe get a little bit of trust from the, from the courts because you, you, know, you do good work and all that. So start us off, Andrew. Like, what, what should I do? I'm a new attorney. Or Ooh, I'm a new... That's going to leave a, leave a mark in, leave a spark on the... Uh, I literally just shocked myself on my microphone. That's, you're going to hear that on the uh, um, recording, I'm sure. Well, you know, we, we have been told that our podcast is electrifying. <laughs> like anyway, that? so what do you have to do to get on the misdemeanor wheel? It depends partly on where you are, where you're applying to get on the wheel. Um, most counties are going to require you to at least have a mail drop if not a physical office, telephone, and or fax uh, in the county. Um, How do you have a fax in the county? Well, you have a fax number that would be local to the county. So, right? yeah, so that's... I think the fax number has fallen away as long as you have email. Um, yeah. But I'm showing my age. Uh, but you have to have a phone number that's accessible, you have, that's answered. You have to have uh, a place to meet with clients. Um, you know, I was actually surprised when I was applying for Tarrant County's wheel uh, back when I first went out on my own that I had to register with the Yellow Pages. I had to have a listing in the Yellow Pages and show proof of that to the court administrator. Wow. Yeah, that's not needed anymore. Dang, it's been a while since I've been on the wheel. <laughs> when, uh, well, here's the question. When's the last time you looked in the Yellow Pages? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I, no. I don't. I haven't. Like we actually had one dropped off at our house. I carried it to the recycle bin. That's as much time as I spent with it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's still attorneys who are buying ads in the yellow pages. Okay. Good for them. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, 
But, but there, there are some basic requirements. Check with your local court, you know, your local uh, county court or, or county court at law, depending on uh, your region. And you can also just Google search it. Google appointment requirements. And it's going to be, ironically, a, a Texas A&M uh, University form. They all are. I've seen bunches of them. And yeah. they're the ones that keep the requirement list for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, and they're often... Well, lots of it's the same, uh, but there are going to be some variances. Uh, some places, as long as you've been, as you're, as long as you are barred in the state of Texas, uh, and you don't have any grievances against you, they're going to let you be on a misdemeanor wheel. Right. I mean, you and I have have visited some counties where they're in such a need where they're like, "Hey, do you guys? We'll give you some appointments. We'll make sure you're busy. You guys want to." Yeah, literally, literally, literally there, they don't even care if you have an office in the county that right. they need. Uh, there are some small, small counties that need attorneys who are willing to go there and do work. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if you've got the time and you're new, it's a great way to learn. It's a great way to get some experience. It's also a way to learn, to meet some attorneys from other places. Um, yeah. You know, you get in some of those rural areas and you're coming west out of the Metroplex and you're going to run into some people out of Brownwood and Abilene uh, along I-20. And it's just a way to kind of, again, expand your footprint in a different way. Yeah. And if if you're going to be opening your own firm, hanging your own shingle, like you've got to learn kind of how to hustle to, to make a buck. And, you know, part of that is obviously doing good work and representing your clients. But you've got to be able to, you know, don't be afraid to call up somebody out of the blue, a court, a judge, a court coordinator, somebody out of the blue and say, this is what I want to do. How can I, how can I make it happen? How can I help you with your, you know, with your, with your unrepresented defendants. Right. And, uh, and see what you have to do. And, and you're going to have some people that just kind of uh, cut you off, but you're going to find those judges, those attorneys, those court coordinators, they're like, yeah, come by, you know, let, let's, let's have lunch. Maybe not during yeah. COVID, but uh, they, they want, well, one, they want to share their stories, right? We sure, all like yeah. to talk about ourselves. Um, and some of them are truly just need, they need help in their county. They know that they need uh, uh, an outside, non-related person for some certain events. And that's why I was asked to be on a CPS wheel uh, for one county. They said, I need someone who's not related to all the people who work in the department. Yeah. Right. That's, they, that's they, they so just true. wanted a fresh set of eyes. It's so true. Yeah. You, sometimes you get in these counties and you know, the attorneys are conflicted out because they've represented, you know, co-defendants or family or brother, members right, or whoever. Right. right. And so yeah. they, they truly need someone they can go. You may not get a lot of appointments, but the appointments you get are going to be important because no one else in the county can take them. So did you, when, I mean, I'm, I'm still on Parker County's appointment list, both for misdemeanor and felonies. And I get some, yeah, I get some too. fairly serious cases out there. Are yeah, you, we, you and I just looked at an indictment out of Parker County that I got that the guy can be enhanced to a first deg- uh, a, a habitual. Yeah, right? 25 that's, to life. Yeah, right? that's as big yeah. as it gets without being capital. Now on a, on a otherwise relatively minor charge, which we'll, we'll talk enhancements on another day. But right. It's uh, aggravating, right? But it is what it is. Um, but are you also in Tarrant County? Are you on misdemeanor and felony? I am on misdemeanor and felony for everything except for first degree. I'm like two trials short of being on the first degree wheel in Tarrant County. And so this is like really, you know, our, our podcast message here today is if you want court appointments, like 
get off your duff, call somebody because Tarrant County is so much different than Dallas County is so much different than Harris County or and Parker everywhere. Wise, right? Or yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm just I was going in, through the I, big ones, but right. I was in East Texas on another case and literally, you know, they were like, if you were anywhere close, we would like even 60 miles away, we would ask you to be on the wheel. Yeah. Right. Cause again, it's a small County that just needed people just need work. Right. They and need. even some of these bigger counties do need more attorneys on taking these, um, it, you know, these indigent cases. Um, but Harris County requires a test. So you have to take a test, pass the test and then get approved. Isn't that called by a bar judges. exam? Well, it's, it's an additional test to be on their wheel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, there are some counties that will let you skip up a level if you've gone to the Tim Evans trial college. Like they know that oh, really? much about it. Yeah. Which one? I don't know, no, but I've, I've but actually heard like, and, yeah, I've had some people who, who, who went, who were in my class. They said, I'm doing it because I can, they'll count that basically as some trial experience. That's great. So check again, check with your local jurisdiction. You know, they I, may let you take some uh, misdemeanor cases with that, you know? Um, but right. And so Parker County requires like what, five jury trials, I think before, um, you're on the felony wheel before you're on the felony wheel. Right. They require anything on the, for the misdemeanor. It's been a while since I, no, I you, you, you have to be barred, just barred and have an office in the County, in the County. Um, and some of these felonies are going to require more trial experience. They don't want to just give appointments to any Yahoo off the street. Um, and, uh, and that's the first thing I did was just go in and I'd sat down with the judges and showed them my trial reports from when I was a prosecutor. And it had been a couple of years. I, I did some civil work in the, uh, in the interim. Um, but they quickly gave me cases and, uh, and now, you know, they, I get, I get a, a bunch of really serious cases in Parker County, but, um, but you know, that they, your County may have requirements that are different from neighboring counties. It, the onus is on you to figure out what you qualify for, what you want, what you need. Um, well, on what you want, what you want to work on. Right. Right. Literally, you can decide, I only want to do misdemeanors. Some people don't have the stomach to handle felonies because the idea that, that, that their work, uh, good or bad, could end up putting someone in jail for multiple years. They can't stomach that. They don't like it. Um, others don't want to mess around with misdemeanors. They're like, I don't want to spend three hours on a guy that's going to spend two days in the county jail. Yeah. Right. So they're, especially if they're not getting paid a significant amount of money for it. So they don't want to mess with a misdemeanor appointment. Let's talk about that. You mentioned significant amount of money. Let's talk about some of the pay for court appointments. Cause you know, we don't, this is not, so, I mean, you can make a very good living as a criminal defense attorney, but this really, I think is a profession of passion, not, not one that you would, you know, you're not going to be rolling around and, and money, um, in your money vault, like, uh, like Scrooge McDuck, you know, or something like that, um, as a criminal defense attorney, uh, right, right. You're going to, you can do pretty well, but, but court appointments, like you were saying is that's, that's like what some people think is their service back to the community, back to the state or their court or, or whatever. Yeah. Lots of people call it their, their, um, baseline, uh, keeping the doors open money. Right. Yep. That's my keep the lights on money. Yep. Right. You know, so on the average, average month, they know that the misdemeanor depending on what court, depending on what jurisdiction could pay, you know, seven fifty to a hundred dollars an hour, depending on what they're doing. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, so that's not, it's not a lot of money. 
right? That's think about it like this. That's in the range you're paying your plumber to come fix your clogged sink. Yeah. Um, uh, but it is again, a way to get experience. It's a way to put your name out there. It's a way to meet the other attorneys in your jurisdiction. It's a way to meet the judges in your jurisdiction. And they're just all some people that aren't going to get good representation without good attorneys saying I'm willing to, to work for, for $75 an hour on some misdemeanors. Yeah. And I mean, for, for some cases, you know, you'll earn a decent fee for others. It'll be a waste of your time. Uh, but, but really, you know, what I think is more important is you're, you're showing the court that you're willing to assist. You're willing to help out, you know, the court to clear maybe a backlog of their cases, or, you know, most importantly, you're helping these individuals who just can't afford their own attorney. Um, and, and that, you know, that speaks volumes, I think, for your, for an attorney's character. Right, exactly. The other thing that uh, you have to remember is, is that with appointments, there's an expectation that you're going to make contact very quickly. There's an expectation that, you know, the, the expectation uh, for most jurisdictions is within, at, by the end of the next business day. So if you receive an appointment, you know, we're, we're, we're recording at like 345, uh, that means by five o'clock, the next business day. So in most days, tomorrow or on the long end, Monday, you're supposed to have made contact. Um, often for, for a misdemeanor, those persons are out of custody. So it means a phone call um, uh, and you hope you reach them. You hope the number they put down is still valid. Um, uh, I, I love it when those persons leave court and they call me and they say, Mr. Decker, I was just appointed on your, as, as you know, you were appointed as my attorney and I'm not in the system yet. Why? Because it means that I know that I can be able to reach them. They're, they're worried enough about it. They're going to stay in contact. Yeah. Um, but lots of times it means going, it means going to a, to a county jail and sitting down, looking through the glass, especially if it's a felony, um, because they haven't made bond yet and they may not be able to make bond. So what, how's that going in the age of COVID? Well, um, it means that there have been some persons, especially uh, if they have some, uh, some attorneys who have pre-existing conditions or age who are taking themselves off of felony wheels. Um, uh, I know of at least one attorney who has, uh, has a beach house in Florida and apparently has spent about six months in Florida this year because they're like, I'm not going into the jails. I'm not taking any new appointments except for very limited things and they're t- telecommuting for everything. <laughs> I think that's, they've spent six months in Florida. <laughs> that, that's like where I want to be eventually with my practice. Like, oh, I'm just going to go to my beach house in Florida. So when we're talking about like m- making money, like court appointments, not going to get you there. The, you know, it's the, it's the private retained cases that obviously this attorney has uh, been very blessed with. So um, but and I, I, I have not confirmed that I've not spoken to this person, <laughs> but I know the person well enough to go. I could see her doing that. <laughs> I want to, I, I definitely want to get to there at some point, maybe not a beach house in Florida. We'll talk about that. But, um, anyways, if there's anybody who wants to let Andrew and Andrew record a podcast episode at any of your beach or mountain house, just send us an email. That's right. Contact us yeah, on we're, the web. We're interested. <laughs> um, but yes, it, it has, it has adversely affected the the 
some of the more experienced attorneys, especially those who have pre-existing conditions, they've said, I cannot take the risk. And so they have not gone into the jails. They've, you know, some of that means that they've had to, uh, I, I, I've known several attorneys who pulled themselves off all the wheels uh, around April the 1st of this year, right? Or last year, because they said, I just don't want to take the risk. They were, they were too, too worried and they haven't put themselves back on. And I, you know, and, and I don't know if they're doing okay financially or not, but yeah. you know that that's a psychological hit when you realize I'm going to have to shift my business and I may not be handling some of the cases I would normally handle because of COVID because of the health risk. Yeah. And I wonder if this will be, maybe this is a topic for another episode, but I, I wonder just, you know, uh, one of the unforeseen consequences of COVID is diluting the talent pool of, uh, of defense attorneys, of, of those attorneys willing to take and represent indigent clients. I, yeah. I don't know that that's, I don't know that it's reached that level. Um, but it may mean that the person that has 35 years experience, uh, you know, and they're 60 and they're going, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Right. Or I'm not doing it without real reason. Right. Like a judge calling me saying, Hey, this is a first degree. This is a habitual, um, you know, they're just not going to take the risk for, Hey, it was a little bit of meth. No offense to people who are charged with charged with meth. Yeah. Um, it's just not, it may not be worth that risk factor. Um, but then again, I know some, I know some really good attorneys, really experienced attorneys who, when I go to the jail, they're there. Yeah. I've seen them multiple times. Um, so it's not like it's a, it, it's everybody. Yeah. And then some of them preference, right. It's personal preference and it's always personal preference, whether you're on a wheel or not. So it's talk about personal preference a little bit. Like my, I think my goal in my practice I started out taking appointments in multiple counties for any number of cases, and I've kind of whittled that down. I'm only in one county now. Um, I would like to get to the point where I'm just so busy with retained cases that I don't have to worry about staying on an appointed wheel. Um, and you and I have talked about that, and I think you you see it more as like this is your service to your community and, and are probably going to stay on some type of wheel for the duration of your career. Is that right? Yeah. One of, one of my, one of my, uh, uh, mentors, uh, who, who's in the office downtown, um, Tim Moore, he, he takes appointments and I know that he has the experience and he takes, he takes basic appointments, right? He, it's not that kind of everything. Um, and I know that he does it because he loves helping out people right? He loves this job. Um, and you know, there are the guys that don't, right. But I, I can't imagine not taking at least some, it may not be all, it may be a more narrowed, more, uh, felony focused, um, in the future. But at this point, I'm, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. And, you know, I I also see, think there's something to be said for knowing I'm doing good work for people that that can't afford to pick the attorney they want to pick. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the benefits, I guess, of, um, or one of the benefits I see of taking court appointments is you're, you're going to get, you're not just going to get the DWIs. You're not just going to get the possession cases. You're going to get a little bit of everything. You'd be surprised at, you know, some of these, you know, charges that are in the penal code. Um, you know, you'll, you'll have that you'll run the full gamut. 
um, of, of cases. And that, that does serve to keep attorneys from being burnt out on just handling shoplifting cases or whatever, you know, whatever walks in the door. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you're on, if you're on wheels, especially felony wheels, but even misdemeanor wheels, you're going to have lots of misdemeanor wheels. You're going to have lots of driving while licensed and valid with previous conviction. Yeah. You're going to have lots of DWI, lots of possession of marijuana, um, uh, assault, family violence. That's pretty much covering at well in theft. Uh, yeah. What 90 to 95% of everything that's going to be coming in a misdemeanor court. Um, but you start hitting felony and it can be almost anything. And the stories around it can be just crazy. Um, so, so yeah, there's a great diversity in it. There's a great diversity of people. You'll find, you'll find people charged with real big crimes that they're like, yes, y- yes, sir. Yes, Mr. Decker. Yes. I, I you know, whatever I can do incredibly polite, yeah. whether they're in custody or out of custody. And you're like, I like this person. And you're going to have retained clients that treat you like a, like, a, like leftovers from, from Saturday night, you know yeah, I mean? Exactly. It's, uh, so, so it, it is, um, yeah, it runs a gamut, I mean, like different personalities, but I, yeah. yeah. And I, and I do think like those clients that I can get a good result on that are appointed. Um, I think they're, I think they're surprised when they see, when they actually have an attorney that's that stands up for them and fights for them, you know, files a motion to suppress or takes a case to trial or, or whatever. Um, and if they're in custody, go see them, <laughs> go, go and see them. And not, not just the first time, but like maybe regularly, semi-regularly. Right. If you, if there's a court setting coming up or they write you a letter that you can go see him and answer the question, you know, I, I'm amazed how many I've seen clients, you know, twice and they, and they're like, I've got a guy in my pod who his attorney hasn't come seen him at all. And you're like, and you're on visit too. And they're like, wow, Mr. Decker, you, you really must care about this case. And you're like, no, well, it goes just, a long way. I, I just respect you. Yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, the guy who hadn't been seen by his attorney, that wasn't, that wasn't my client, was it? Well, they didn't call you out by name, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are some counties too that are doing jail visits by zoom. So that may be another tool that's like, Hey, I can knock out, 10 jail visits in a pretty quick amount of time and I don't have to drive out there. Um, and I know that's saving courts a lot of money on their, on their fees as well. Yeah. I think zoom's going to change a lot of stuff. Um, uh, obviously I, I, you were in the office when I was talking to a client, we're going to do his plea on zoom. Yeah. Um, he'll come here. We'll fill out the paperwork. Uh, I'll scan it, send it to the court. It'll be on zoom. And then he goes to the court before the end of the day to, to do big fingerprints, fingerprints and turn yeah. himself into going to custody. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, I tell those clients all the time, you don't go do it. It's not an official plea until it's been fingerprinted and you don't go and the plea deal is going to be busted and it's going to get a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause not only is your, your plea deal for that going to get bigger, uh, but you're also going to suddenly be on an absconder docket. Yep. And that's a whole, that can be a whole nother charge, a whole nother so. charge. Right. And this is, the, he's an appointed client. Um, uh, and, and we've, we've whittled his, his case down to the minimum of two years. Um, he, yeah. he's, he's, I don't know that he's happy, but I think he's satisfied with the representation he's gotten. You know, and I, I try to explain it to people and this kind of getting off topic, but you know, a lot of times our job is to, if we can't keep them home with our family, our job turns into, let's get you back to your family as quickly as possible. And certainly the minimum, that's fantastic. 
mean, that, that, that's yeah, good work. It, it's tough. It's tough to beat, especially for a guy that's on a, he's being revoked. Yeah. Oh, right? wow. Yeah. 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 Usually you're not, you're not offered the minimum on, on a probation revocation. It, COVID helps. Co, co, sir. Certainly. Right? Yeah, because they're it, trying to move some cases. Trying to move some would, cases. Right. So, so yeah, appointments, check with your local jurisdiction, look it up online, just Google it, check, you know, what does it take to be a court appointed attorney in fill in your jurisdiction? Yeah. Um, uh, talk to the local judge, talk to a local defense attorney. If you, if you're brand new and looking for something, don't be afraid to ask that local judge, do you need fill in the blank tax guardian CPS? Yeah. Um, because in some of the small or small jurisdictions, you kind of have to do everything. You can't survive just doing criminal defense. That's and, right. And I feel very blessed that you and I pretty much do. I mean, we both do a little bit of other stuff, but it's very little. Got to be very little, or it's got to be something that we really are interested in. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah you know, if this, if if you are a new attorney um, and have some questions about maybe not on the business side because we're not that great of businessmen, but uh, <laughs> we're pretty good Speak at Speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, if you have some questions, feel free to reach out. We, we're, we are accessible. We answer every email that we get. Uh, sometimes they turn into all show three topics. Of all three of them that we've received. Yep. And, um, or if you, you know, if you got something out of this episode, reach out to us. Let us know, you know, that you appreciated it. If you didn't get anything out of this episode, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Nobody needs that negativity. No, no. <laughs> Don't, don't criticize the audience. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> but do, if, if, if uh, you'd like to leave a review for us, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us uh, on Google. You can find us at texascrimdefense.com. Um, we are uh, Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. Anything else we need to tell them? Uh, you know, because of that, my last joke, people are going to think that somebody's emailed us like something negative. They haven't. Nobody has. We've well, ma- minus maybe my stars, wife. But... <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, you guys joke around too much or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord Almighty. Um, All right. Yeah, well, thank you all for joining us. Um, Again, this is Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. And we'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll be back on, when is that? February 1st, right? Yep. Just around the corner. Yep. Yep.